0: to Bullets, Brothels, and butts a Westworld podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the US of A, and with me in the state of Michigan. This is Eric. Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing exceptionally well. How are you, Phil? Actually, I, I agree with you, Eric.
1: How okay, great.
0: Yes, yes. I'm doing as best as I can, yes. And in the state of New York? This is Mike. Mike, how are you, sir?
1: I'm fine, Phil. How are you?
0: All right, so uh, this is uh, the fourth episode of the podcast for this season. It's a weekly podcast where we discuss each episode uh, in detail and critique and all that other good stuff on each episode of the Westworld television show on HBO, um, and this uh, is, as I stated, the fourth. So uh, before we get into uh, more Westworld things, uh, we do have some house cleaning and uh, first off, Eric, you do... Another podcast with your buddy Dan?
2: I do. It's a general interest podcast called the Askancy Podcast. That's spelled ASKANCITY. You can find it on Google Play, Stitcher, and the iTunes Store.
3: And
0: Mike, you do another podcast with myself and Eric, as well as a, a genre blog? Uh,
1: my genre blog is Unnatural Selections, Com. The uh, parent podcast to. Bullets, Prophets and Bots is Dark Discussions, which is a weekly discussion of horror, film, fiction, and all that is fantastic. Um, We usually have a new episode come out sometime, is it midweek, end of the week?
0: Uh, Recently it's been midweek because of uh, the recording of this podcast, but usually it's a Friday release.
1: So uh, we're we're coming close on 350 episodes uh, in the can. Uh, We're going to be doing uh, the... Was it 2015 film, Turbo Kid? Or was it 2016? <laughs> 15, according to IMDb. All right, so it's 2015, which was a listener's request. Uh, and if you want to join our Patreon account, you can always uh, submit your request as well, um, and you may get chosen. Anyway, uh, we also have... Uh, Another two other sister podcasts, which would be uh, You Know Nothing, Jon Snow, a Game of Thrones podcast, and Searching for American Gods, about the Starry Series of American Gods. Both of those will hopefully be returning sometime in the year 2019 when both of those re- shows return.
0: Very good, very good. And uh, uh, for me, I actually have a new short story in a new horror anthology called Chud Lives. And uh, Chud Lives uh, can be found uh, generally anywhere online bookstores and whatnot uh it's a uh, 19 tales uh in the chud movie universe and my story is called the deuce taking place in mid 1980s when the movie t- took place in Times square which is the deuce uh so people should check that out it's getting uh, really good reviews on amazon and it's actually in the top horror list of uh, bestsellers at the moment. So uh, as we're checking out, some good good authors in there, including folks like uh, New York Times bestselling author, Jonathan Mayberry. Uh, so uh, available online. Um, also, uh, we here at Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, West Westworld podcast, do have a website. However, that website is darkdiscussions.com. And that's specifically, as Mike mentioned, uh, we are... Uh, spinoff or a sister podcast of our main podcast, Dark Discussions, which continues year, uh, weekly and yearly, unlike Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, which disappears when the television show is on hiatus. So uh, folks can uh, join Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group, where there's a lot of discussion on Westworld. Our email is darkdiscussions at AOL.com, and uh, we do have an email tonight that we will read from one of our listeners, and uh, we have a Twitter account, Dark darkdiscussion One. And www.docdiscussions.com. Um, let's see. Any other house cleaning items anybody wanted to bring up? Mm, nope.
1: Right. I think we're good.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, but actually, I, I do think of one other thing um, uh, conventions. So we will be at Scaracon, we will be represented at Scares at Care. And we will actually also have a Dark Discussions, Bullets, Brothels, and Pots meetup, where the co-hosts of the two podcasts will meet up uh, in Mystic, Connecticut. For further details, email darkdiscussions at AOL.com. All right, so um, let's see, any news about Westworld or Westworld related, not necessarily specific to the uh, episode we're going to talk about tonight? I don't have anything. Yep, yeah, I've heard nothing. Yeah, me neither. So, all right. So, uh, let's, uh, I guess we can uh, discuss uh, tonight's uh, review of yesterday's episode of the, the show. The show title was called The Riddle of the Sphinx, uh, directed by co showrunner and wife of Jonathan Nolan, uh, Lisa Choi, uh, written by uh, Gina Atwater, and co showrunner married to Lisa Joy, Jonathan Nolan, and also the brother of Christopher Nolan. Um, The U.S. Viewers has not been released yet, uh, but last week's uh, was the second lowest episode out of all 13 episodes prior. Uh, So, I'm not sure what that means, but uh, oh no, actually, I'm sorry, it's the third lowest, not the second lowest, but uh, either way, the show hasn't really picked up uh, many viewers since last year, um, though I don't think it really matters because they've already announced third season. Um, any other show notes anybody wanted to bring up?
2: Well, um, I think the viewership numbers can be misleading. Uh, for instance, I know my brother is waiting until the whole season is done so he can binge it all at once, and I don't think he's the only one doing that. So, now that streaming is a thing, I think that the numbers of people watching it as it's broadcast mean less than they used to.
0: Yep, that makes a fair uh, evaluation, I say, Arc, because, uh, yeah, there's so many different ways to view uh, episodes now rather than regular TV viewership when it is playing. Um, anything you want to add about that, Mike?
1: Yeah, it's there's so many ways to watch TV now, and you have HBO Now and HBO Go, which are designed specifically for people to just stream the series uh, at, at their leisure, and even people like myself who subscribe to HBO often will just watch it on demand anyway. Um, and I don't know how much those numbers are, are factored in. Clearly, they're very happy with how the show is doing. They're ca- clearly very happy with... The ratings, however, they measure it, um, the number of viewers, and it does have—it's uh, getting some 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 buzz. It's not you know near what say Game of Thrones or Walking Dead were at their peak, but it, it is something that has become kind of appointment viewing. So people do tend to watch it and want to talk about it. Um, so I'm not worried about it as long as we're getting another season.
0: Now, uh, speaking of appointment viewing and popularity of shows, do you think? Uh, the uh, that show Lost may have been the first one to do that, or do you think there was something before that? Because I can't remember anything oh, really before that. They
1: always have. I mean, Seinfeld was well known for being uh, right. a water cooler show. The day after. Must see um, TV. Yeah, there's what Must see TV. Yeah, there's always. It's just that it's become. There's so few now because viewing has become so fragmented, and because you have now these ongoing narratives. So it's not just a matter of, well, did you see what Wacky Adventures Kramer was up to last night? No, it's it's you're looking for did a character die? Is there some big revelation? Lost was certainly a big one for that. Uh, and maybe it might have been the first one in that particular mold uh, in the current TV era, because you didn't have a lot of shows like that beforehand. And it certainly has it had opened the door, I think, for more complicated storytelling. Whether it was successful itself or not, it showed that viewers were certainly willing to take a chance on something with uh, uh, without a clear set goal, without a clear narrative, uh, There that there is was a, something to the sort of puzzle box storytelling that will hook certain viewers in, and will get them talking.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. All right, so, uh, I think we can now go around and discuss, uh, what we felt about this episode and so forth, and, uh, I already know how Eric's gonna talk, I think, so, uh, Eric, what's your opinion of this episode?
2: I loved it, I loved it, I was right, I was right, I was right, fuck you, I was right.
0: Yeah, all right, very good, yep, makes sense. Uh, for me, um, yeah, I think it was a pretty good episode, um, and it was uh i think I felt the the what if I'm not mistaken there's a, there's a big reveal in this that uh answers a lot of questions um a couple actually yeah a couple yeah so uh <laughs> yeah, yeah it was it was a pretty good episode I, I still liked uh, uh reunion best um for whatever reason, but uh, uh yeah, this is a pretty good episode and, and curiously um it again as you said eric from i think last week or the week before that you're feeling that this season is really doing more like game of thrones where they're just focusing on a handful of characters or one main character with their supporting characters around them rather than bouncing around to every character in the ensemble cast
2: yeah that certainly seems to be the case there was no mave no uh Dolores in this episode
0: yeah i know it was it was, it was very curious um so, yeah. And what do you think about it? There's really only three major stories now, right? The Man in Black. Oh, no, four. Man in Black, Bernard, Dave, uh, and Dolores. It's, it's, it's more, more, I don't want to say focused, because that's still four <clears> big <throat> stories. But last year, last season, I mean, it, was, it seemed like it was a much larger ensemble. But,
2: well, the, peop- the people are still around for the most part, but uh, a lot of them have been roped in one of those four uh, yeah. groups groups of plot, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, now, Mike, what about yourself? Uh, what do you think of this episode? Uh,
1: really good episode. It confirms a number of theories uh, and certainly reveals a lot more than I think people thought was revealed a couple of episodes ago uh, You know, when they tried making it sound like Westworld was all like Facebook. Um being used to market on uh, information data. And it kind of confirms some, some ideas that I had. but I like the way they handled it. It is uh, really well constructed, I thought. Uh, it leaves me wondering where we are with Bernard and where Bernard is going and where his mind is.
2: I think he's wondering that, too. Uh,
1: I had heard there's a, the, the final revelation for the episode. I had heard people speculate about and I was pretty sure by the time we were halfway through the episode, or maybe two thirds of the way through the episode, that that's where it was going. Because they made uh like two or three separate references to the man in black's daughter that you know were kind of out of right. like, say, didn't you say you had a daughter? Which is usually a clear sign that it's going to be a plot point when you <laughs> have it come up that much in one episode for no particular reason. Um yeah. I thought the storyline with, with Delos was was kind of fascinating, even though I knew where it was going from the, the opening clip. Um, yeah, I'm really I'm, now now that they've played their hand. I'm curious to see what they do with it. All
3: right,
2: yeah. We'll, we'll just to, uh, <clears> sorry, just to follow up on his comment about
1: the Delos storyline.
2: Uh, I do want to say I just thought Peter Mullen was out of this world in this episode. Uh, as James Delos. I found his performance uh, spellbinding uh, as, uh, well, well, we'll get into what the whole situation is, uh, but I, I thought it couldn't have been done better. He was brilliant.
0: Yep, he was. Um, all right, let's see here. Uh, a couple of things. Uh, um, we have a posting and an email, and I think we can read these. I don't think they will affect... Uh, anything? Uh, well, are... and we're
2: spoiling episode four. Just uh, for anybody who listens, you know this already. For anybody who's new, uh, we're about to spoil the whole episode four, so get ready. Here we go. That's
0: right. That's right. Uh, all right. So, uh, Trin Tucker, uh, one of our Dark Discussions pod, Dark Discussions podcast Facebook group member and a listener to uh, our podcasts, uh, he actually just started listening to. Uh, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast. He had, hadn't been doing that until uh, a couple weeks ago and prior to that he was uh, a weekly listener to Dark Discussions. Uh, but this is what he has to say. He goes uh, this podcast, Bullets, Brothels, and Bots, a Westworld podcast combined with this show is awesome. I'm going back and watching season one and listening to the accompanying podcast Watch uh, Westworld. Best TV show ever.
2: I'm Please. so sorry. I know we had our heads so far up our asses.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I think he he will too because he's going in completely blind to the show, right? So he right
1: right he has no idea. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's not like he. So he's not rewatching season one.
0: Right. Exactly. All right. But, uh, I think he so jumped on bull because we were because, so wrong. Yes, I think everybody was though, except for the Red Bull and Reddit folk. Right. <laughs> right. Um, and then we got a has email from uh, Sean Fox, and uh, this is what he has to say. Uh, Westworld episode, Riddle of the Sphinx. He goes, Hello, gents. Apologize for not getting an email in last week for reunion, but the life thing got in the way. Thankfully, I am back to harass as only a Canuck ginger can. This this week's episode was quite a visual and metaphysical delight. From the question of immortality And is it possible or truly worth the price? The hellish overtones in the Bernard and Elsie, Woohoo! she's back, and congratulations to Eric. (laughs) I encounter with a devilishly defective James Delos. I love the writing, the banter back and forth, and the presence of each character brought to bear. From the man in black becoming death incarnate to the sadness of learning the losses William has had in the real world giving him a grim despair and further adding depth to his backstory and price he has paid for all of this. I can't stop contemplating about the almost Faustian or possibly Dorian Gray-esque tendrils. You know, because Ben Barnes played Dorian Gray and is Logan Delos. Yes, I am grasping at proverbial straws. But... Those aspects and endeavors born from greed, pride, and lust, leading to tragic ends, all giving the ear of a true spiritual battle for the souls of those locked in this grand game, be it Ford's version or the one played on a daily basis. I accept that I may just be ranting and making little if no sense, but this is one of my favorite episodes to date. A shout-out to Jonathan Tucker for being a true scoundrel and to Jeffrey Wright for knocking it out of the park, bases loaded yet again. But enough of my ranting, as even the soulless daywalkers need their rest too. Thanks for your time and efforts, as always. I wish you all a fantastic week ahead, and looking forward to next Sunday's further reveals. John from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada.
1: Thank you, John. Thank you very much.
0: All right, so we'll discuss some of the stuff he's mentioned, uh, along with everything else. Um, so uh, I guess, how do we want to go about talking about this episode? Where do we start? That,
1: that's a great question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> how sure. do you want to do this? Well, why don't we just start with the opening, and uh, yeah. which, which I, I picked up, I don't know if it was an intentional homage or not. Uh, I know I'm not the only one who picked up this. There's a similarity to the opening of the second season of Lost, Yes, I heard that on another podcast today.
0: Oh, which, oh, when when he's, when uh, the English guy's in the basement,
1: right? And he's and basically starts out with a pop music song, and uh, the guy on the exercise bike uh, and in an enclosed room. Then there's a re- eventually a reveal to something larger, uh, and here we know from past episodes that James Dale—it's James, right? James Delos Delos had been forced to retire because he was sick. He said, well, maybe he won't have to if things advance as they were expecting. Uh, And he's looks like he's in good shape. He looks like he's in good health. And young William comes to visit him and they they exchange some pleasantries and he says he's there to get a baseline reading. And uh in this little interview he has with them these questions he asks and i was already there so you know kind of predicting what was going to happen and he hands uh james a piece of paper and then we kind of cut to i think cut to the credits mm-hmm. uh and basically what's happening as we or, or later find out uh, is that the paper has the transcript of the actual baseline conversation that this is not the actual James Delos. This is the Memorex James Delos, uh, the uh, host with a human brain for lack of a better term or with human memories. Uh, and it's an attempt to recreate James Delos. Uh, and I kind of knew when he handed the paper, that was my guess. I said, oh, that's, that's going to be a conversation. It's going to be like with uh, Maeve being handed the tablet. Right, that had a pre-recorded dialogue on it. In it, I said that that's basically what this is. This is a here's here's our conversation that we had yesterday or six months ago or whenever it would have been. And it was the and you use those same exact words because you're the drone. You're not the real James Ellis. You're a robot replica. Uh, we have brought you back to life, but and sure enough, that's what it was.
0: But you know what? It, th- that that's a fair point. But to be honest, a lot of times people. Act, and, and you kind of mentioned this, Mike, in an episode or two ago, that people talk about um, things or say things or are in patterns anyway. And I've noticed it myself with my own writing. As I mentioned, I, I have a short story uh, called The Deuce and the Chud Lives Anthology. And when, when, I, when I do write my short stories, uh, I go back to re-write pieces. You know, you know when you edit and whatnot... And a lot of times, I noticed that how I would I worded it the first time is exactly how I would have reworded it in the the second time, and the third time. So it's almost like, kind of, not deja vu, but but almost like scary because it's like oh my god, I would There's other ways to write this or, or say these things, and yet that's the pattern that I myself am in. And with this guy here, James Delos being a robot, depending on how many times he's had this conversation with uh, William, he may actually say the same things, especially if William comes in and asks the exact same questions.
1: Well, I think that's the point, just to get him to show that he's the same person. Okay. That he's responding as the original would have. But, yeah, we do that, and they did, um, I don't know if you remember, back in the 1892 presidential election, or shortly thereafter.
0: And that was the Quentin, the Perot, and, and Bush was, one, right? And
1: right. Okay. Uh, the, for the George H.W. Uh, Bush, the elder. Yes. Uh, there was a book published about that campaign uh, called Primary Colors, and it was published anonymously. But they used a computer to figure out who the publisher, who the guy was that wrote it because it analyzed words and phrases and writing styles and compared it with known political writers and it was able to say who it was most likely and was the writer author for that book. And in fact, they published, they they pegged that. They did that uh, something similar with uh, Twas the Night Before Christmas uh, because they analyzed analyze the writing style of the guy who claimed he wrote it because it was originally published anonymously and then it's like his daughter or something uh Clement Moore I think was the one who said that uh, that his her father wrote it that said it had no, it very little in common with his writing style but there was somebody else around at the time where it like meshed perfectly and so that's cast out on uh who first wrote that story so we do that we we tend to fall in, in certain patterns and phrases and themes and you look at certain filmmakers, you know, you see certain themes appear again and again and again, whether it's Quentin Tarantino's foot fetishes or uh, Tim Burton's father complex issues that he has to deal with in every other movie he makes.
0: Or something you know, as, as obvious as just hiring the same actor over and over to, right. to be the lead, like Scorsese right. happens to do. Yes.
1: Yeah. So, yeah, this, so these things happen. So it's it's a perfectly, it seems like a plausible way to test it. Uh, whether or not you have more or less captured the essence of that person in that machine. Now, of course, we <clears throat> we won't because we've already beat this horse to to death, brought it back to life, and then killed it again. Yeah. Uh, you can make the argument of whether or not that uh, James yeah. Delos right. replica is actually James Delos. You know, does it does it? How much does it reproduce him? Does it? As if you believe in as humans as spiritual creatures, does it have a soul? Does it have a spirit? You he know, certainly thinks he's him, right? He certainly thinks he's him, and if you can't tell the difference, does it matter? Right. Um, one of the ongoing themes of this series. So, right.
0: uh, well, you, you know what? And I, th- I think I may have brought this up in a different episode, maybe dark discussions where there was a movie starring Arnold Schwarzenegger called The Sixth Day. And it's a science fiction film. One of it is probably his last great film during his Schwarzenegger's heyday. Um, and basically what it is is people are cloned and then they put minds into a computer and then ship it over to the clone. And so you could have... There's one character in the movie that is about to die and he presses the button and gets his brain shipped over to the clone. The clone comes over and kills the old version of him, and yet then he goes off and becomes the same person he was prior, but technically, even if his mind was transferred, there was an overlap of of where there were two of him at the same time, meaning they're actually distinct individuals, even if the mind was brought over, similar to like Barbara Streisand is cloning her dog, but okay, she cloned the dog, but it's still a different dog because it has different experiences than... The original dog that she had that she had cloned.
2: It reminds me of uh, I just recently rewatched the movie The Prestige. Okay. <clears throat> and the whole thing going on in that movie.
0: Yeah, that was that the one about the magicians where where Yes. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So it it's a good question. And and here I'm thinking it's similar to all these examples we just mentioned, because if it's not the actual brain, biological brain that is put into James Delos's robot body, then is it actually him or not? Because, and I'm, I'm thinking it's not really him. And as we see here, since he keeps on malfunctioning and doing all these other things, I'm f- thinking that we're I'm right, which it isn't really him, even if it is a clone of him or, or, or some sort of carbon copy of him. Right. We
3: don't well, have. I, oh, go I, ahead.
2: I, I, I was just going to say I don't I don't think we can answer that. Um, so let's not try. Uh, but uh, uh, what I do find interesting is that it seems that James Delos is doing just fine uh, until William shows up each time. And it's when William shows up that he really starts to glitch out. So I'm well, wondering has- whether whether it's it's him in particular and whether if they just took him and like released him in Westworld, if he'd be fine.
0: What about what about the questions that William asked rather than William himself? And you you were gonna say something, Mike. Well I
1: was saying I think we don't know the process, but if it's a matter of copying his brainwaves onto the computer, the body dies, you know, and then they reinstall those memories on someone else. I don't think you could say it's the original James Dellos. The question would be whether he's a James Dellos or whether he you know, does he count as a human being in and of himself? Right. And then there's all sorts of what would be interesting legal questions in terms of, well, <clears throat> do you have
2: the this, authority to
1: execute as a state? Right, is he the same person? Is he legally the same person? Does, does he have the rights as a human being, even though he doesn't have a human being's body? There's all sorts of st- stuff that would be really interesting legal parameters there. And then, would you want to come back, let's say, even if it was... You want some version of yourself to live beyond your death, but would you want to come back as uh, more or less just another host in Westworld with no actual rights to your, your home, your property, your businesses, your, your your past life, and no actual legal rights? You know, and people could do with you what you want, and what happens to you then? There's all sorts of things that would be really interesting, and and another story because I don't think this is the one that Westworld wants to tell. But would you want to live forever as one of the hosts in Westworld?
0: Well, and and to be honest, like you said, Mike, if if you're you, meaning you, Mike, passes away and they have your memories and they put it somewhere else, you, meaning you, Mike, would have been passed away. So you right. wouldn't know about this future endeavor, your mind or whatever goes on. So it almost is like it's a distinct and different individual. So you're you're right with all those questions about do you have rights to the estate or whatever? Um, what about William and and I guess the people around William choosing to do this to his father-in-law? And why would they choose his father-in-law? Did we learn whether or not his father-in-law agreed to this because he wanted to, quote-unquote, live again, even if it's not, whether we believe that it's actually him or just a interpretation of him? Or do you think William is, has chosen... His father in law, as an example, because he is just a sick bastard, or is it because I, he knows the father in law, so he can see the traits and the? I mean, it's just kind I think, of bizarre.
2: I think that he wanted to beat his disease if he could, and if not, then he was on board with this plan. What I don't think he considered was the possibility of what's actually going on here, where. Uh, they do it over and over and over again because it's not working, and uh, at one point we find out at the end that they've done this 149 times. I think if he had known that was a possibility, mm, maybe not. Yeah,
1: what yeah, about- knows, yeah, William doesn't have to explain to him uh, what's happened. He shows him the notes, and he, he knows, he immediately grasps you, you know, that it's already happened. You know, he was expecting this to be a future process because his brain would have been cloned from before he died. Right um, and so he's thinking he's there, and in fact he's the posthumous James right. delhouse, right. and so I think he knows he volunteered to do it willingly because he, you know he was a croty old man who didn't want to give up his life, and okay. he certainly had the power uh, to make it happen, but yeah, he didn't foresee this ongoing cycle of, of Birth and redeath and uh, which is sort of like brownhog's day and just much worse um, I, my thought Eric is uh, we'll find out maybe if we're right about this later, is that what it is about William might just be because William says something near the end, old William, that it may be the not the body rejecting the brain, but it may be the brain rejecting the body body, the mind rejecting it. And so it may just be... Well, his, is he, the way he phrased it is, is rejecting reality. Right. And it may be that the brain just... It's when he tells him what's going on. Uh-huh. Right? And when he reveals the truth to him, that's when he starts to malfunction. Well, that's and that doesn't seem to blame. be...
2: That doesn't seem to be just James Delos. Because uh, Mae freaked out when yep. she, she learned that she was a host.
0: And I, I, I think it,
2: it's right? it's yeah, it's it's part of what happens to a host when they when they realize they're they're not Human. an actual person. Uh, so so I I don't think it it's how am I how am I okay? I agree. I, I don't there. I don't think that their attempt to recreate his memories has failed. I think whatever's going on is an inherent problem with the hosts.
1: Right. And in which case, the whole endeavor may be a failure. But at the same time, I think it's clear from the way this plays out that William now wants it to be a failure. He doesn't right. think it should go on. Or at the very least, he doesn't think it should go on with a miserable old bastard like James Delos. Right. And, I'm, and I'm going out on a limb uh, in my reading of his character. But he probably doesn't think it should happen to a miserable old bastard like himself either.
0: Well, right. maybe, maybe he just thought it was, he was hopeful. And then after 149 times, it's like, you know what? This is just a fucking waste of time. This is stupid. Well, and
2: it's also 35 years later, and he's changed quite a bit as a person. Uh, I mean, throughout this episode, we... uh, I mean, we learned a lot of this in season one, but we're reminded of all the tragedy that's happened in William's life over the years. Uh, His wife committing suicide and so on and so forth. And it's It's changed who he is as a person, and I think that's part of his uh where he comes to his conclusions as well,
1: yeah, and he does say in his final conversation with James that you know I realize that maybe we're not supposed to live forever uh and then he makes a comment of how you know what you're someone that has people like better in memory than they liked in life mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, so it's even if it's something that he it's so yeah, a, it a good, good idea.
0: Point. He, did, he did say that, didn't
1: he? Yeah, he's 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 he said, yeah, you're, you're not you're not the person that deserves to live forever. But he's also questioning this the wisdom of letting anybody live forever, and it makes sense as somebody who is older, uh, who's experienced loss and and
0: who, who's been like, compromised himself, right?
1: Right, and that he's saying, you know what, uh, immortality. Now that I've lived more than thirty years, immortality isn't all that it might have seemed when I was younger. I'm not afraid to die anymore. I've lived a life. I've, you know, I've suffered. I've lost. And I don't need to keep going on. You know, I've seen the world change.
0: All right. Well, uh, yeah, like, like when, he, when he talks to uh, James Delos and he says, your daughter committed suicide. And another new thing we learned, assuming he's, not, he's telling the truth, which is, and your son, Logan, uh, overdosed on drugs. And so they're both dead. Oh, and, I
2: believe that without a doubt. Yeah.
0: Right, I do too. But, um, you know, and so, okay, he's lived forever in a sense because he keeps on being recreated, but the people he knew, everyone that he knew is dead. Again, no, this is just he being the first. If this is a process that works forever and we accept that a robotic version of a person that's passed as. The same person with because the memories have been transferred, you would think that in the future, say two hundred years from the future, not only he but his daughter and son in law i mean daughter and son would would still be alive too as robots, and so it wouldn't be a shock that he's lost these people because oh they're they're back too, so I guess at this beginning period it's more. Tragic or depressing or or um, not nihilistic, but in the future, if it were, if it's successful, there wouldn't be as much pain of knowing oh my daughter's dead because we can just bring her back.
1: Well, I think that's that we're dealing with a curse of humanity, which is that humans constantly change their world, uh, and we all recognize the wistfulness of nostalgia. The Oh, in my day, it was so much better because, well, it's not that it was better. It's that that's what you, you grew up with. You know, That's the world you were born into, and you were born into it thinking that's how the world always was, and that's how it always should be, but it doesn't stay that way. And so as time progresses, we get less and less comfortable with, with the world that we're living in. And as you get older, and I imagine it just gets worse, and you, you end up realizing you're in a world that you don't really belong in anymore. Even if all your loved ones are still there, even if all your friends have survived, you're marginalized, right? Because you, you don't fit. You, know? you, mm-hmm. you, had tr- you, you learned how to program a VCR that your parents couldn't figure out, but you know the, these new uh, tablets, maybe they're a little bit beyond you. Right, I see. My parent, my you know, my father wasn't a technological idiot, but he doesn't grasp how to use a computer very well. Right, um, right, you know, and how a computer works, and it's it's just you know there there's just so much change that we can put up with because our brains, you know, you think about most animals, you know, in the living in the wild uh, or before humanity, it's like you know the world that you were born into. If you survived it, was pretty much the same world that that you died in. You know, your life has a as a white-tailed deer, it did not suddenly dramatically change. Nobody invented, you know, new antler handles or something to for you yeah. to live with. And and we, we live in a world that's constantly changing, and culture is changing. And you know, we people—it's like you know, everyone realizes that when they get older, new music sucks. Yeah. Well, um, it's not because new music necessarily sucks, although it does. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> But, I mean, my my grandparents said that about my parents' music. My parents said that about most of my generation's music. My generation is saying that about the, the millennial music, and the millennials are going to be saying it, if they're not already, about the Justin Bieber generation, uh, although Justin Bieber is not the definition of the modern music. Um, and, and that will continue on forever, and it's not that the music is, sucks necessarily, it's just that it's different from what you think music should be.
0: Right, right. I mean, Eric, uh, you know, you being into IT as I am, um, I remember taking a class in college about, um, I forget the name of the class, but, you know, relationship with end users. Or I think maybe it was called end users uh, or something. And, uh, example, uh, one time I I worked at a company, we created a new front-end GUI uh, interface for the same database. So people, instead of tabbing over and all that, you could use mouse click and all this other stuff. And it re- really cool, but uh, these folks People that really hated it they hated it, yeah, because it's yeah. like I'm so used to the old stuff this is you know this is something new it's like the old dog new tricks thing, and so even if it's better, or even if it's more efficient, someone that's not used to it will not like it and, um, and now, when we're talking about human souls and and what it, it is the definition of a person that can be even more complicated and more controversial and more uh, of an issue. So, yeah, so uh, anything from just a front end on a computer screen all the way to uh, any change such as, as drastic as what we see in Westworld um, can, can, can cause, uh, I guess, issues. And so that's a fair point, Mike, about, about is it worth living forever? But you know what, though, sometimes if... You're—I uh, uh, don't want to use the word progressive—but someone that is more open-minded in the sense for technology and things of that nature, unlike the deer who lives pretty much the same unless things change, like humanity encroaches or, or or a new predator appears. Um, with people, you we are going with it. So, in other words, we remember record players and VCRs. And tape decks and things like that, and yet we have no issues, specifically the three of us using tablets now and you know laptops that have unlimited um, cloud resources. You know, and it's but we're also different. we're
1: also not in our seventies, right? We still have another yeah. thirty years to go. Yep. So I I think you know that there's 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 a limit to our elasticity. That at some point we can't stretch any further. I, I just have that feeling. Um, and maybe, look, there are, there are points in human history where, you know, what happened, uh, the life from, you know, one th- year 1,000 to year 1,200 really was not that dramatically different for a lot of people. You know, there, were, there was no new special quill that had been invented or, you know, it's, there wasn't a dramatic change in the day-to-day lives. Our day-to-day life is changing rapidly. Now, maybe at some point we, it doesn't, it stops changing. And we stop getting all these new technologies and new ways of doing things, and that's easier to adjust. I mean, that's the nice thing about the host, right? Is that uh, Westworld is pretty much the same for the last thirty years, right? The lore has but, changed, but it goes beyond that. That it's not just uh, that it's not just the technology, but it's also the people. And I'm realizing this as I have found myself uh, as one of the veteran teachers at my at, at my school uh, that one of the reasons people retire is not just because you know they're old and they're tired and they want to have some fun but part of it's that the people that you've been working with all leave too and you got all these new people that you don't have quite as much in common with they're not you're not as close to them as you had been with the people that were there before and it just doesn't have the same appeal to, to, to hang around, right? You, yeah. you start feeling kind of marginalized, and it's not anything intentional necessarily, but or I, or I can imagine that, right? Because you have there are certain people that you expect they're just going to stay there forever, but then you recognize all their closest friends at that business, at that at the job, they've left, yeah. and we have a limit on the number of relationships we can have. It's just a limitation on the human brain. And, and when you're, you know, sixty five years old, the twenty five year old isn't one going to make you your bestest friend ever. Right
0: now, what about um, James Dulos and William at the with the old William saying uh, when they say, "Should we destroy this version of James Dolos and start again?" And he goes, what "Not dick. yet." Well, yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is the thing. This is this is this is what I was going to say because I, I I knew we could look at it that way too. But Low William is looking at these ro Even though James Delos can have, I guess, some sort of feelings and ways of thinking like a human being because that's how he's programmed. There's the other option too, which I've always said from the beginning, which is. They're just robots. And maybe William is just looking at this, especially since he's seen it 149 times, that, you know what, this is just a robot. This ain't, this ain't James Dulles. And so who cares? Yeah, leave him up and we'll see what happens. So whether he's, we can look at him as being cruel or he is not. Cruel. Does, is he real well that's what he, is he really cruel if yes, his is. perspective is looking at robots as just robots and not actual entities uh,
2: or not beings that's shit again let's move on well
1: no because he look it well
2: no it, that's important because that's
1: how william well, that's how, no, that, no that's how you look at it and that's okay. how you but, but you look at the way he talked to James right yeah. before that he didn't talk to him in a way that was uh, you don't matter you're a robot you're not real he he talked to him as if he was James and he oh, talked great. to you about him in that light he he basically you know called him out on being a, a miserable old bastard and that the world is better off without him and so there was definite animosity in his voice, Now I don't know if something happened off screen to make him come to this realization that this man that he had been you know, trying so hard for so long to bring back uh, is really just a massive prick or it could just be frustration Yeah, but it it doesn't feel like, and it it does feel like he's just being a bit of an asshole. um, That he's and no, I think he's got a perfectly valid point. See what you can learn from him. But it sounds like he's ready to pull the plug on this entire endeavor.
2: Well, and and it's interesting to consider where in the timeline of everything this actually happened. I'm guessing that it was right before uh, the gala. Right, because we get a scene later on. Ever after all hell has broken broken loose, someone finds him locked in his room, and he's pretty much like I heard somebody refer to it on a podcast today as as uh, the event horizon scene. Uh,
3: Yeah, that was pretty hilarious. That is uh, because
2: he's clawed his own face off and he's spouting nonsense and. literally, uh, gone mad. So, I can't imagine it was that much longer after William walked out, uh, because I think he would have declined rapidly at that point.
1: Yeah, my guess is that it happened shortly, my guess is that it's shortly before the beginning of the of first the season. Series.
0: Yeah, me too, that's what I'm thinking too. Right? That's like the last
1: thing he did before going back in the park. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Because there's really just not the time, because we don't ever see him leave the park, uh, you know, except for the gala, and I don't think he had time in there. He's going to say, you know, I'm going to... I think this is whatever motivated the death of his wife, being spurned by his daughter, whatever it is. I think that's what partly triggered this. Well, and I also
2: think that this episode gave us a little more information about the animosity between William and Ford, Um, because now we know what uh, William was up to all these years. Uh, He was trying to use the park to the end of learning how to uh, basically replicate human consciousness into a host body and give people immortality. Uh, And I'm pretty sure that Ford was not on board with that plan. So uh, I think it gives us a little more insight as to uh, why that whole rivalry started.
3: Well, I well, think yeah. that'll
1: depend oh. on whose brain it is that Bernard picked up,
0: right? Because you could technically say that Ford has done it to himself because he keeps on appearing in various hosts to to talk to. Well, uh, I don't know. Will.
2: That's that's more like cut scenes to me.
0: Well, let me ask you this: um, if, uh, if 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 uh, oh, shit! I, I like, you know
2: what I'm saying, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. All right, continue. Explain. Explain a little bit more.
2: Uh, or, I, I'm just, I'm just saying that any time, quote unquote, Ford shows up in another host to deliver a message to William. Oh, I'm I pretty see. sure that's, that's all that. part of a pre-written narrative, Damn. and he's the uh, he's just set it up so that the host delivers that speech when Man in Black shows up.
0: It sounds like that that book we read, Eric, uh, uh, Demon. <laughs> <or> hey, <Hay. laughs> like that's a, a good book. Yeah, yeah. Um by Daniel Suarez, uh and Freedom TM, which is the follow-up. Um but what about the fact that maybe that's not all William was doing? Maybe since William was trying to make a living James Delos, are the hosts that we see, Mave or Maeve or however you pronounce the name. Um, Maeve. Maeve, uh Dolores and, and I should know that because one of my friend's daughters is Um, Dolores and all these other people, similar to Bernard, are he, like Bernard and this James Delos are actually, at one point, real people. So do you think everybody in every post in the in the park are just c- copies of real people? No. And that was part of the no. That, I don't. Okay, and the reason... Well, I, I, tell think you why I think it's
1: possible Bernard might be...
0: Well, he uh, was. He's supposed to be Arnold, right? He was well, Arnold. He,
1: has, he has elements of Arnold in him. Uh, but we don't know... Well, physically,
0: the, he's supposed to be Arnold. He's
1: physically child. Arnold. The question is, how much is Arnold mentally? And he certainly had him experience uh, the loss of a child, like well, Arnold that, did.
0: That, but, you know, that, that's what... Uh, I don't mean that, though. I mean, the bodies that we see, even if they have different minds, were they all bodies of... Or look like people that used to exist.
1: They oh, may have, okay. maybe. They okay. may have. It may have been, you know, uh, you know, homage to certain, or you know, um, you. We have the conversation last week, right, between Hector and uh, this the stupid British boss. Yeah, right?
0: yeah as right. Eric calls of the douche.
1: Yeah, <laughs> between right, so it's between Hector and the douche, um, and Hector. It's uh, like a buddy cop show. Hector yes. and the douche, and and Hector and the douche uh, Wednesday nights at eight p.m. Uh, Hector and the uh, they have this conversation where you find out a lot of Hector's personality traits and motivations are based on stuff that actually had that that are experiences from from the douche right uh, and that's he's working through his shit through you know his creation which by the way I think makes perfect sense from an artistic standpoint because a lot of artists work through their shit through their art and a lot of writers have their characters. Live out, you know, and express the, the the turmoil and emotions and frustrations and dreams, whatever that the author has. So that really makes sense. So there are certainly elements of real people, I think, in, in all the hosts, you know. But I don't know that you're going to get somebody who's quite as literally a one-to-one as you have with James Delos. And even Bernard seems to be stretching because Bernard is a limited recreation of Arnold. He doesn't seem to have his. his yeah, it was basically it's brilliance.
0: Basically, Arnold, I mean uh, Bernard, if I'm not mistaken, based off of last season when Ford was talking to him after we found out Bernard was a robot Bernard, Bernard is really just a version of um, uh, what was the, the Arnold? A version of Arnold that, the way Ford wanted him to be. Right.
1: Or maybe he tried to make him the way he wanted. Right. Yeah. And part of me wonders, we saw Bernard speak with his wife, who doesn't exist.
0: Well, well that, that was, was a, a flashback, flashback though. Yeah, that was a flashback well, story.
1: Was it a back Because we had to see at yeah. some point he, has a video, he has a video call with her.
0: Oh, unless it was part of...
1: And it was played Arnold's. by Dina Torres. Yeah, it uh, could have right, been, yeah.
0: been Bernard's story. Whenever he called... It, he has to call, and then Ford had a program in there that... We'll just have this fake version of his wife to appear or something.
1: Right. So my well, question is: she, Is she a host that's simply playing Bernard's wife, or is that a real person? You know, or, or what's the story? I'm just curious. If we're or or, just or is, any computer, is making an appearance again?
0: A computer generation of a person too. It could be right. I don't
3: know.
0: Yeah. I mean, because you know, right now, what, what? 19. I mean, 2018. We have video games that are pretty damn good. And and movies, you know, cartoon movies that can do people pretty damn good, even though we still know that they're computer generations. But whenever this show takes place sometime in the future, and if they can make robots, maybe they can make computer programs, virtual reality, that looks real, too, you know? Mm. Um, and, and that's, you know, the new new thing they're saying in a couple of years from now. Uh, you're going to have to be careful about photographs and pictures because... They may not be real.
1: Uh, yeah. That's already starting to happen, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Are but, you kidding me? That, that was a problem while during the Stalin regime. Uh, well,
3: that's <laughs> but, true, but,
1: right, where he would erase people from photographs. Right. right. <laughs> but um, what was I going to say?
2: Um, damn it. I had a thought. Now it's gone. Oh, uh, we find out that uh, at the end of the episode, we found out that Bernard has created another human. Consciousness, apparently, when you transfer a human consciousness, uh, it ends up being a different kind of uh, egg than the ones that they build for the hosts in the park It's red so, yeah it's red exactly, so apparently he built one of those with somebody else's consciousness in it, and we don't know who so um, my leading guesses are either Arnold, the man in black. Or Ford. But I think Ford I don't think it's Ford, honestly. I think it's either the man in black or Bernard. Or, I'm sorry, Arnold. Uh so maybe we get Arnold's true consciousness back into uh the same body that looks like Jeffrey Wright. Or uh maybe the man in black's uh maybe the conclusion of his game is confronting himself.
3: Mm.
0: Eric's been doing some Red Bull and Reddit stuff.
3: Well, <laughs> yeah, I, I, actually. There
1: <laughs> sure, have been theories out that, that there's multiple Bernards because they pointed out that uh, the Bernard we've been following, has, one Bernard has a, a wound on his head and another Bernard doesn't, but I think that's a matter of time, and we saw him getting repaired by Elsie. Right, so I flashbacks. Think that's your flashback. So I think that's, that's explained. But we do know that... Uh, Bernard is seeing things in multiple—not timelines, but multiple uh, time frames.
2: Well, this is this is interesting because he's damaged. Uh, Aren't we his, all? His little mind egg has taken a bullet, so uh, Elsie is refilling him with cortical fluid uh, to keep him to keep him running. But at the same time, uh, she said that none of his memories are addressed, and I'm finding this whole concept fascinating. Uh, because, as <laughs> Phil will be able to back me up pointers
0: on, or arrays.
2: Uh, pointers and arrays, exactly uh when you when you like uh erase your hard drive, if you just you know uh format c or or whatever, all that does uh, is get rid of the map that keeps tracks of where all the files are located, and that 's why. Uh, if that happens, you can still get a lot of the data back if you take it to a data recovery specialist because the actual data is still there. Uh, the OS just doesn't know where to find it. Uh, and that's why if you really want to erase your hard drive, you got to write zeros over everything.
0: Right. Although so the, the computer forensics, right, for right. For, for, for crooks or pornographers, uh, child pornographers or whatever, you can still find the stuff.
2: Right. So... Uh, what's happened to, to Bernard here is that pretty much somebody formatted a C drive and uh, the basic OS is running, but he's he's accessing files, but he, he doesn't know which one. So when he's trying to remember things, he remembers something, but he doesn't really know what he's seen or when it happened. And I'm finding that whole concept fascinating.
0: Yeah, because it's still, as you mentioned, still on his memory stick. Uh-huh. Because it wasn't zeroed out, with you know, like you mentioned, it was just formatted.
1: Well, like it's, the memory of of uh, choking uh, Elsie,
3: right? right? He had right. a flashback
1: that he saw. He did that, right? Uh, so the memory was there. He just couldn't oh, access, oh, that, and, that, and that's and that's what's been happening with all the memories, right? For oh, the or the, or the, the cave
0: Hubs. or the cave, right? Or I the mean, cave, he, right? Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: yeah. But, but I right. think that is a case of of his leaking the cerebral spinal, not cerebral spinal fluid, the uh, cortical fluid. Yep. Right. And uh, I imagine if that's with the little hole in his head where he's leaking out his ear, if that's fixed, you know, he may end up having you know that repaired. It won't be an issue. Um, I don't know if somebody actually has done any rewriting. But I do question, so I'm, I'm under the assumption of whatever they tell us where they're clearly telling us information, not to trust it.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, for example, when they said, oh, Well, here's this ocean, or inland sea, that Ford built. I'm not trusting that Ford built it. And when he says, Ford sent me here to do something, to retrieve it, I'm not 100% convinced that it was Ford that necessarily did it.
0: Right, because he's an unreliable narrator, Barnard.
1: Right. Um, And the question is, right, so whose brain has he gone to get? Well, he's not completely unreliable, though. He knew there was a fucking uh, place there, but he knew where to find the hidden handle. That's true, but I'm just curious as to who did it, because they told us too easily who it was, and that would make it too easy for us to jump to the conclusion that that will, in fact, be Ford's little red apple that he picked up. Mm-hmm. Um, then, well, that I, could I, be
2: a, a deliberate trap that they're laying for the viewers.
1: Oh, it could very well be, or... and if it is a Ford, who wanted a Ford? Who wanted a food door, food, uh, Ford Duplicate? And this uh-huh. goes back to the first season, remember? There was a body in Ford's basement. Right? In that little replica of Ford's childhood home. Right, right. And everyone thought that he was making a replica of Teresa.
3: Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Day. I mean, yeah.
1: We never found out whose body he was building there. You're right, we didn't. And Oh, they, oh shit. And... Westworld ended last season with Ford getting shot in the head. Right. And they were, they've been, unless, I, mean, I can't I didn't hunt down, you know, in the off-season, uh, all the uh, interviews that the creators did and whatnot. So maybe I missed stuff. But they seem to be really coy about whether or not Anthony Hopkins was returning to the show. Right. Well, he's clearly still doing voice
2: work, at least.
1: Well, right. Now, that may be why they said that, is because, well, he'll be doing... You know, he's still available to do flashbacks and cameos and and, and pre-recorded messages. You know, and his, his, certainly his name is not appearing in the credits right now. But right. it also, I, I'm not saying I necessarily expect it. I'm, I'm not getting my hopes pinned, because I don't want to be one of these people who's, oh, I really wanted to see Hannibal Lecter come out of the cave wearing a cowboy hat. I don't want to be one of those people. <laughs> and it turned out it was just... Bernard's stupid son or his wife or whatever it is, or another Bernard. But you know what is awesome? is when you say Elsie's still alive, and
2: she is.
0: Yeah, it's a... Boom! boom Um, Failed it! Before we get into that, that, that's a good point. Yeah, the show does this often. Like, for example, all of last season, at least the first half of the season, they were trying to trick us, at least in my opinion, to think Teresa was a robot. Right. And then we find out actually it was all um to trick us. Yeah. Yeah. And and yeah. So yeah, so who knows, Mike, but that's a good point. It's it's like, yeah, and, and well and, and will they go back to say last season with the robot in in the, you know I guess Hannibal Lecter's den for that whatever you want to call it, um, I mean they they usually do right if they do they would do like flashbacks and re-show yeah. that scene or something yeah, like that. yeah yeah so yeah because Game of Thrones does that a lot too
1: yeah I'm not I'm not saying I, that it has to be that I just saying it will not shock me yeah. if we see another appearance by Anthony Hopkins I don't know why Anthony Hopkins would. Would clone himself and bring himself back and as
3: uh, as
1: eighty-year-old Anthony Hopkins, and unless their budget goes up substantially and they could use that de-aging technology uh, that they used like for one or two scenes last year, Um, or face mapping is you know him onto a younger body. Uh, Hmm. But yeah, it's 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 possible. So there, so that is a new mystery: who is whose whose Apple is he carrying around? Whose brain is that? Uh, and and why and was it Ford who sent him to do it, and if it was Ford, why? And if it wasn't Ford, who? And again, the why. Why? Um, <laughs> now, and what just,
0: what made him decide to do it in this episode rather than earlier?
1: Well, he didn't. Did he take it in this episode? He took it in the. If I because it's hard because it's flashing back and forth. Right. I I don't
2: think he took it in this episode. I think I think it he earlier. took it. Yeah.
1: Right now, I don't know when he did that. We don't know when he visited the the cave last. I'm guessing he did it
0: to feed Elsie, probably.
1: Well, well, that's one possibility. We don't know. Well, see, that's where I'm I'm, I'm a little right. because I know I've talked about the possibility that we did see Elsie die uh, last season, and then they showed her getting choked. We're like, okay, so she's dead. I also saw that she was coming back according to the the credits, but that could just as easily have been a flashback. So I was open to it. I don't understand why she survived.
0: Uh, unless her character is completely a robot all along. But yeah, right. What made them decide that Bernard or whoever say, okay, yeah, we should keep her around and not just eliminate the threat or whatever they thought the threat was? It makes right, sense. But, it why, Bernard, why would he
3: just
1: capture her? Does was Bernard rebelling? If that was the case, how did he not remember he rebelled? And I thought it was a little weird because it looked to me, maybe this is just how I saw it, she looked to me so like she's just got out of the shower or something. She looked clean, remarkably clean for a woman who's been stuck in a cave for, you know, what's probably been at least a week a or week. two. week, yeah. Um, yeah. So, and and uh, this is not no, a... Criticism. That's a valid observation, but and I'm and still happy she's you, alive. Yes, think, and, and, think, and also I also want to say she looked remarkably well-fed. That is, you know, she looked actually a little... Oh, she had protein bars. She, she yes.
0: She looks smoking. yeah so you have Well, she looks,
1: but Very she looks like faces. she's healthier. She actually yeah. looked like she was had a little bit more weight on her. This is not a criticism of the actress, uh, an actress's appearance, but it looks like she had a little bit more weight on her than she did last season, um, yes. because she's a real person living a real life, and you know real people actually get to eat things. But again, she just did not look to me like someone who's been eating protein bars Ber- for a
2: Bernard hooked her up with some awesome protein bars. Yeah, she's been doing uh, CrossFit in the cave.
0: She she looked more like a, a pinup. Girl, than the th- the thin uh, librarian girl that she used to be. So it was interesting. I, again, it could just be because you know it's four years later. And now Phil later. likes the
3: character. Oh, She's it's, sure it's, it's, I
0: told
2: that. Stop Erica. perving out. God damn it! Um, you have ruined everything.
0: <laughs> um, but but my point is is that you know it could just be because it's four years later and, and the, the actress just happened to.
3: Oh, she is. Well, this is like
1: in in Return of the Jedi. Harrison Ford clearly gained 20 pounds between uh, the time he went into the Carbonite and the time he got out.
0: Now, let me ask... Uh, ask, That's
1: just because the actor was four years older.
0: Well, let me ask you this. Do you think the reason they decided to bring her back then, because it does seem like a silly thing, why would you just keep someone as a prisoner, unless it was something to do with a fan-favorite character, they decided, hey, let's just bring her back and say that she was captured for these best...
2: Well... And we also know that. there were extensive rewrites in, in season one, so perhaps it got to the point where uh, initially there was a storyline with Elsie that went all the way to the end of the season, and then they decided not to do that, but they didn't want to get rid of her, and I guess this, this is how they did that.
1: Um, I think there's some I, measure I, of expediency that the actress yeah. is not going to cost them a lot of money, that yeah. they have killed the actress off, uh, just like they killed off... Uh, the other Helmsworth uh, brother. And, you know, they say, look, it's just going to be so much easier for us to have your character not be dead. We, we need characters to do this, this, and this. Your character will work perfectly for that. Right. So we'd like to bring you back, but we can just as easily create a new character.
2: Elsie has to be here to help Bernard. To, to help Bernard to fix, to Bernard. Help
1: Bernard, to fix yeah. Bernard. And you're going to help him out for a couple more, and she may not make it, because we have not seen her in the uh, yeah. The latest timeline, right? The the, the yeah, after, that,
2: that is true. That is true. She might not make
1: it uh, all the way there. Two weeks later.
0: Yeah, that's a good. Or point, she might. Too.
1: We've seen we've seen Hemsworth, right? Uh, we haven't seen. Right. I can never remember that guy's name. The Hemsworth?
0: thing oh, Hemsworth's Oh, Hemsworth's character. Thing, yeah, I forget. To, yeah.
2: Uh, if only I had a device where it could give me that information.
1: I I keep looking it up um, again and again. <laughs> I'm on. I am stuck
0: on a loop, and I can't keep it straight. Uh, Stubbs. Stubbs, Yeah, that's a, right. Stubbs, yeah. 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 Just like the first baseman for the LA Dodgers from back in the nineties. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. So that, that's a that's a good point, Mike. Maybe they just said, "Hey, this is a character that people like. We need some a character to do certain things. We don't have to reinvent." A character's, uh, a new character, and set the character up. Everybody already knows this character's backstory. Why not? And again, just bring her back.
2: I'm going to refer people. I'm sorry. I, I'm damn proud of myself. I'm going to refer people back to the first episode of this season where I suggested that Bernard might run into Elsie and she would fix him.
0: There you go. Yes. Yeah. yep, yeah, yeah, Absolutely. Go,
2: um, Elsie. Glad I to have you back. Look. You gotta love her cat suit though. She's it's not good. a cat suit. You God, stop it.
0: <laughs> it was kind of a cat
2: suit. She's wearing like, pants and a tank top, but it's not a
1: cat suit. There's ears and a tail. It,
0: it looks it looks like uh, a jumpsuit then. It's no,
1: just a perv, that's all. <laughs> uh, no, no, just, and
3: she's got some little heels. Up, heels I, and I, did the not, collar.
0: I did yeah, there you go. I, I did not bring up her weight. Mike did. Um, oh my goodness. Anyway, um, but yes, it's it's good to have LC back. I actually, um, I, I forgot how many
2: F bombs she drops.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's another thing about her character too. She's completely different. You know, it's like Linda Hamilton from Terminator One and Two, and she's like changed. Dramat- no, I, I think
2: she dropped that many F bombs in the first season too. We just hadn't seen her in a few
1: episodes.
0: You're maybe right. Yeah, I would have to rewatch it. Yeah, so that's a good point. And you guys did rewatch it, so. Yeah. All right. That's good.
1: That's good. I didn't really Um, take note of her F bombs, but I'm happy with it. I like a woman who can drop a good F bomb now and then. Indeed. So,
2: Bernard discovers. uh, I mean, Bernard. uh, uh, Let's go with that storyline, since we're talking about Elsie. Bernard gets dragged to a cave by Clementine, who just leaves him there. And Bernard goes into the cave and discovers Elsie chained up there. And (laughs) Elsie is is really afraid of him because he's the one that knocked her up and chained her up in there. Yeah, right,
3: right. He shoots
2: the chain to free her, and then she grabs the gun and starts threatening him because he's the <laughs> one who put her there. Yep. And goes to tie him up and, and leave him there, and he begs her not to go because everything, all hell's broken loose, and he tries to tell her what's going on in the park and ask for her help, because he's, he's shutting down because his brain isn't working because he doesn't have any cortical fluid. Right. So uh, basically he, he remembers that there's a, uh, a facility in this cave. There's an entrance to a facility, and eventually they find the entrance to it, but along the way he starts having these uh, disassociated memories that we were speaking about earlier. Right. And some of them are pretty goddamn trippy. Um, like he, he watches himself walk up to the cave and then snaps back to Elsie talking at him. And he's like, that's when he says, Oh, there's a facility in this cave. I've been here before. And she's like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> that's like, that's a lot of their interactions here Elsie Elsie's saying, what are you
1: talking about? <laughs> um, yeah, here's, here's my question. And I don't know if this is a question people are, are going to be asking, uh, because there's all this shit that is revealed, and, and great job, by the way, with with the editing of uh, the footage of of real Bernard and uh, hallucinatory or Bernard or past Bernard, whatever, to get right, us that right. sense of uh, of, dis, of uh, not dysphoria, but um, déjà vu, not déjà vu, but whatever of, of uh, him being discombobulated and uh, mm-hmm. as to what's going on. Why? Why? did Clementine drag in there? Well,
3: yeah. besides here, besides- here's
2: what I find myself thinking about a lot since last night's episode, which is who, who is in control of their actions and who is not. Uh, Bernard is in control of his actions because Ford didn't think he was going to be alive. He, he wrote him to commit suicide, and Maeve brought him back. So he's not supposed to be alive in the world of uh, Ford's narrative, so he has control of himself. I'm fairly sure that Maeve has control of herself because I I think she actually achieved consciousness on the train when she decided to come back for her daughter. Dolores, I, I think she's following some kind of narrative. I, I think she thinks she's free, but she's actually still following a story. And I think that's true about... She's um, before the train. Some of the some of the characters in the park are involved in Ford's narrative directly. He has written things for them to do, and other ones that he hasn't written things for them to do are following the natural extension of their loop uh, because these are all the hosts are doing the same things over and over again, and they bring a. Every once in a while, they haul them back in, wipe their memory, and send them back out at the beginning of the loop. And they're not doing that anymore. Uh, so their personalities are naturally evolving as they would uh, if they didn't erase their memories every so often. Uh, and I find that really interesting.
1: Right, and there are cameo appearances as characters are temporarily possessed by a message from Arnold. Right. Uh, uh, as we saw with the little girl. But I think... You, mean, like, you, you look at, forward. forward. Ford. Uh, for far forward, right, sorry, not Arnold. Uh, as
0: Eric called them, the cutscenes.
1: Yeah, right. They're, they're 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 messages from the be- from the Great Beyond, pre recorded messages. But that felt to me like uh, you know, if you ever played Mario Kart, uh, sometimes you would get off the track or you would dump in the ocean and the little hand would come pick you up and drop you back on the track.
3: Uh-huh. That's
1: kind of what it felt like with Clementine picking him up and dragging him and saying, Nope, this is where your adventure is. <laughs> and Clementine is definitely Clementine is like we mentioned this last week. Clementine is, looks brain dead. I don't know if she's coming back, but she's had no personality that we've seen since she returned. Uh, no sign of the Clementine that we knew. Right. She doesn't seem to be anything more than 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 a, than a, a drone or a zombie. So yeah. she's working. It seems to me she's working on somebody else's orders. Well, who the hell ordered her to bring? Uh, Ford, not Ford, uh, to bring Arnold to uh, uh, Bernardo. To who
3: would,
1: <laughs> who directed her to bring Bernard? Bernardo, Bernardo I like it. <laughs> Bernard to to this cave where Elsie is. That's awfully convenient. And he. He, I, uh, he didn't pick up. I I get the sense that again, if I if I put the timeline together, he picked up the the little red apple, uh, in his previous visit there. Right. When he had the the faceless host, the drones... When when there
2: was the massacre, yep.
1: Yeah. Kill everybody. So, you know, and when did that occur? Right? Did that occur before or after he brought Elsie there? (laughs) Well, that's the great thing, is he doesn't even know. So, and and I think it's going to be really interesting because there was no... Because we're under the impression, I'm under the impression uh, that Clementine is following Dolores's directives, right? That that she's under her control. Okay, that's how what I because she's part of her entourage, right? Mm-hmm. And why then would she? So, but I can't imagine Dolores would have any reason to drag his ass off to go there to free Elsie and get fixed.
2: Well, maybe it's remnants of her previous programming too.
1: I don't. I'm just. I'm. I'm sure that's a. That's a question that. Has to be answered, I would think,
2: or you would like to be answered.
1: It may not because, be answered because otherwise it is just <laughs> it is just such uh, a convenience. Yeah, overly convenient. It's uh-huh. like we're going to drag you to he- here because oh, for literally this is the only we need you to be here. That's why you're going to be here, <laughs> and we, we don't have them accidentally stumble upon it. You know, which they could have done. They could have had Bernard try to run away in the last episode and. He ends up stumbling into the cave. They could have done that. No, it's the hand of God picks you up, drags you. By the way, I did like if you notice, is the seat of his pants are ripped. Uh-huh. Uh, of Bernard's. So yeah, I from, yeah, from from from, from ass drag across the desert. I I kind of appreciated that. Um, and dumped right next to Elsie. Dude can fix him, and then he can go in and see this little secret thing, and remind himself of all the stuff he had previously learned. It's just way too convenient, and it's... If, it's, if there is not a reason for I it... I think it's just convenient enough. I think I'm going to... Call, if it, I'm not calling shenanigans now, <laughs> but I am, I am saying right now I'm reserving to the right to call shenanigans by the end of the season if there is not a damn good reason for Clementine to have dragged his ass there.
2: Malfunctioning robots. Boom.
0: Explained. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: no, but that, still awfully convenient. You're going to drag his ass to, to Sweetwater. He dropped him off in the middle of the. No, no, no. Mike, I, thought, Mike, I thought you were going to Mike, say
0: Sweden. Right, Mike. <laughs> Mike, I, Mike, Mike. I, yes. think, I think, yeah, there, there is going to be answer to this, whether it is a program that's created to run based off of certain things, similar to, as me and Eric were discussing earlier, the, the Daniel Suarez book, Demon. Or whether it is someone outside of the company that's fighting William, whether it is, um, you know, you know what I'm saying. There's got to be something that that right. I there, can't believe it's just a coincidence.
1: There is something going on. Something's
0: controlling Clementine between,
1: between Clementine and Dolores and Bernard, um, and Ford. I think there is yes, there is almost certainly something going on here that no that is in front of our faces, but we're not seeing because and, we, and this, we don't know who the player is.
0: This kind of answers Eric's question or, or, or suggestion, which is um, Dolores, since Dolores and Clementine are linked, because Clementine's kind of sorter in Dolores' army, aren't actually doing anything but running a program in our free will. So in other words, Clementine is obviously a zombie, but Dolores seems like a thinking person, but she's just running a script like she did when she was Dolores the Farm Girl. Now she's just Dolores the murderer.
1: Well Wyatt, but yeah. So
2: right. well here well, she keeps flipping back and forth. That's what I find really interesting, is cause she introduced herself last episode as Wyatt to somebody uh, but then she's all upset about them taking her daddy away, uh, Peter Abernathy, uh, which is Dolores' father. So which is she? She's she's kind both of pretty
1: kind of both right now. And and she's going to introduce herself as Wyatt because Wyatt has this reputation uh, in in Westworld as this sort of badass person. And so she's going to get you know I guess more a better response from the people she's communicating with as Wyatt than if she said hi um. Dolores, the the farmer's daughter, <laughs> right? Um, because you know, Westworld has still got awfully, at least the hosts have pretty uh, defined you know traditional gender roles in a lot of ways. I mean, you do get an occasional armistice there,
2: but Wyatt was a but, character and, yes. and did slaughter a whole town, right? But that, and that was that her.
1: was her. Yes.
2: So it's it's not like she's she's playing off of something. She's revealing her other personality. That's right, all good. I'm trying to say.
1: Yeah, she's got both there. Yeah. Um. I, so I I just have a feeling that it's all like we're gonna find out that Bernard probably didn't kill Elsie for a reason. Probably that it wasn't of his own volition. I suspect it's going to be Ford did it, mm-hmm. and this is all part of Ford's machinations that he wanted Elsie kept alive because he wanted. For for whatever reason, uh, and that's part of the, and it, and his getting his ass dragged off to the middle of the, to this cave was part of the storyline. Could be, could be.
0: Now, what, why did, did do you think Ford knew about James Delos' robot? Because I don't know. Yes. Okay, because Bernard, I mean, he was he was located in this area that they went to, so.
2: He was in the facility that had the entrance from the cave where he put Elsie and yeah. that's where Ford had him put Elsie. Therefore yeah. Ford knows it's there.
0: Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too, Eric. Yeah. Yep.
1: Nope. Right. And, so uh, and maybe that's the reason why he was sent there, right? He was dragged there to put to put an end to that experiment.
2: Maybe. Oh. Uh, I just want to mention that one one of the coolest things in this episode, I thought, is when he was having the flashback, when Bernard was having the flashback of that uh, massacre in the facility there. Um, I mean, the, you see the drone hosts go crazy and kill people, which I was expecting and didn't really surprise me. But then <laughs> they all snapped their own neck. I did not see that one coming. I was like, whoa! <laughs> you don't see that every day. <laughs>
0: That was kind of cool. Yeah, that that was interesting too. Um, so they were programmed to kill everybody there, and then just self-destruct in a sense because that's basically what snapping their own necks does, I guess. Uh
3: huh.
0: Yeah. So yeah. So that, everything was was planned to. I mean, again, this just keeps on making me think of that the book Demon, uh, because it was all planned based off of. I mean, it's different because one's. A computer network. Well, this one is is actually um, robots. But but again, well, there's this, still
2: a computer this, network. Yeah, right.
0: that's exactly right. It's a both. It's it's exactly both. You're absolutely right. Arp. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting.
2: So let's move on to the man in black. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we've already talked about him a little bit in his interactions with James Delos, uh, but the other part of his storyline this episode is that he's uh, with Lawrence. Making his way across the park uh, to, uh, I forget the name of the town, but they're going to a town. Yep. And it starts out with one of the <laughs> one of the creepiest things I've seen in a while, which is they come upon uh, some railroad construction. And oh, right, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, that yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's like like this is some serious hardcore horror stuff here, because uh, what they're doing is they're taking the slaves and you're using them as railroad ties they're spiking them in underneath their tracks it's like
1: holy shit well that's what I could not tell those, were those hosts that were being used or were that uh were, were those uh, i get, you, you can't yes. tell by looking at them well, they, well i didn't see anybody in the yeah i didn't see anybody in the tux so i don't think there were anybody from the the well, dinner or the also, ceremony did,
0: did you notice that the the lead guy that was putting these people as our robots as tiles was was it was most likely uh, a representation of a Chinese um, gold yes. miner. So was it? What,
1: I mean, well, was the that, Chinese did a lot of work on the railroads back then. So we were right. just commenting last was it last week or the week last before week. Yeah, last that there week. weren't a lot. We hadn't seen a lot of Asians, but I guess now they're hiring Asians for Shogun World. So they figured they'll they'll get the the Chinese railroad workers too.
3: Right,
0: right, yeah, and they were huge influence back in the 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 forty nine, you know, the forty niners and all that, the, the railroad things, and so I, I thought that was interesting um, that they finally did bring those folk in. Um, so yeah, so that's a good thing. Uh, I guess they were other hosts that they were putting in as tires and stuff. Yeah. And, and, but what what was the point of that, except to just shock the audience to shock take-
3: the audience
2: <laughs> that's exactly what the point was and William makes a note that uh they're they're bringing the tracks to wrong direction. The tracks are supposed to go north there they're going west yes. which is actually towards the town they're headed towards so uh clearly that's part of Ford's narrative is everything's heading this way
3: right yeah, so right. they
2: go on and they um. They get to the town and run into what's his fuck. Um, oh, oh, uh,
0: yeah, the, that actor, that uh,
2: Mexican, um, the the confederado.
0: Yeah, um, I'm getting the name. Uh, Sean Fox mentioned it in his email. I think uh, uh,
2: Major uh, Craddock.
0: That's yeah, his name. Yeah, Jonathan Tucker's character.
2: I think. Yeah. 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 So he runs into Craddock and that doesn't really go as well as he could have hoped. <laughs> um, and what's the whole thing? Uh, is, is somebody else take over for a sec. But Jonathan I'm Tucker, worse.
0: it was the actor that we'd probably best know him from The Ruins.
2: Oh, that's why I recognize him.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, my first time I ever saw him was in the movie Sleepers where he actually played he was a child actor um, so he was a child actor um, and now he's an adult but yeah yeah, he had the starring role in Ruins he was one of the, uh, I guess the the guy that was supposed to be a doctor that was turning into a doctor
3: mm-hmm.
0: yeah um, yeah so what else happened in this scene so uh I can't remember how they meet up with him, but they basically
2: end up uh, being taken prisoner. Right.
1: They go, they go back to Lawrence's town, right, which you yeah. saw last season, yeah. where where the man in black uh, threatens his she'll, shoots his wife, threatens his daughter to get Lawrence to right act as his guide or something along those lines.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh, so we go back to that town, and that's where they stumble upon. Uh, Major Craddocks. Major Craddix. Uh and Craddicks who was was left behind by Dolores.
2: Oh, uh, uh, they, they actually. Oh wait, she she wanted to have Teddy execute him, and Teddy yeah, let him go. Yeah, right,
0: he escaped. Yeah. Uh,
1: so yes, yeah, so that's where this is coming from.
0: Gotcha. Which is too bad they they wipe them out in this episode because I was hoping they would go off and, and maybe be a foil to Dolores, but it appears that. Oh, have, but uh,
2: man, what a way to go out! That was awesome.
0: Yeah, it was pretty pretty. Good. I don't
2: know that nitroglycerin works that way, but I don't care. Oh, it doesn't care. It doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> oh, and, oh, and, and again, it doesn't matter because it's a robot. It's not with bio real. You know what I'm saying? filled with a robot, a ro what a
1: metal Phil, thing. Phil, Mike is a
2: scientist. He's got to take the fun out of everything.
1: No, no, no. I said I don't know if that <laughs> nitroglycerin works that way, but I don't care. And Phil. They established last season that they have real tissue, right? That they're not all gears and stuff. That's the older design. Yes, yes. Right,
0: right. right.
1: They have soft tissue. It's the head apparently is just a metal box uh, with a brain. Not in, the whole head, but the, the skull. Right. The rest of the body seems to be actually uh,
0: flesh and blood. Flesh and blood. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Um, so yeah. So he dies, um, and then William kills everybody else. Basically. And he saves, uh, what's that guy's name again? Clarence. Uh, Lawrence. Lawrence. Uh, yeah, Lawrence's wife.
2: He actually lets Lawrence kill Craddock.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. So uh, Lawrence's wife gets is survived, or quote unquote wife, and um, they're, they're, where are they heading now after they leave this this place? I don't that's even know a why. Great they, question. And why did they even go to the town? What was there? I I still don't get what they were looking for. Uh,
2: I think the town was on the way to wherever they eventually ended up. Because remember, the man in black told Craddock that he knew where he was headed, even though he didn't. Right. So, the man in black knows where he's going. I don't think it's been stated yet.
0: Right, right, okay. And this was just... The town, the next town before you, you, you go on to the, right. you know, of the mm-hmm. voyage or whatever. Okay.
1: Right, and they definitely have him echo his actions where he sits down across the table from Lawrence like last season. They have him pull out his gun and start to disassemble it. Did the same thing as last season. It just does all plays out a little differently.
0: Right, right, all right. Uh Oh, I, I like the one line where where. Uh, Crowd, says something about yeah. So what do you think? You know about your friend? I'll, I'll kill your friend. And he goes, he's not my friend. <laughs> about Lawrence? I thought that was <laughs> fun. <laughs> right? Because because again and again, I know you're saying he was cruel, but I really believe William looks at all these robots as just fucking robots and not as as things with feelings. I mean, he knows they have feelings, but he thinks they're computer programs and not real. I, I, I don't think that's true. What do you, well, Uh, because because the way he
2: was watching everything go down when he was having a flashback to his wife committing suicide, Uh, which, by the way, interesting little uh, discrepancy there. I believe he stated, didn't he state in the past that his wife overdosed on pills? Yes. So then he's having this flashback of her bleeding out in a bathtub. So that caught my attention.
0: Yeah, so um, maybe he was lying.
2: So maybe, maybe, yeah, maybe the pills are a lie, and he just says that to make it look not as bad. Yeah. Uh, but he's flashed back to that while he's watching Craddock do all this cruel shit, uh, and eventually comes to take action. So well, I, I, I think part reason, of the reason he took action is that because he didn't, he didn't want Lawrence to get fed nitroglycerin.
0: Maybe. or right, Maybe maybe he's evolving then because originally when we first meet him as young Jimmy and he's naive and all that he's looking at them as entities and people in a sense then he becomes the bitter and right. what not because then he says to Dolores I can't believe I actually thought anything of you except right. you know and, but, and, but now as we're getting further into the show he's slowly turning back to looking at this them as uh, if not people at least his own he's looking at himself or violence in general is just a sick and weird thing or something I don't know I something. mean something uh, something he's 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 changing somehow whether it's him changing well
2: and I think it's all going to culminate in in the in the climax of forward's game
0: yeah yeah uh, yeah that's a good point you will that's have his ultimate
2: point. revelation uh, yeah. when he opens the door. And what's behind the door? We'll find out. A new car! <laughs> that would be so dumb. <laughs> <laughs> <That's
3: awesome. laughs> oh. So the then I'm going
2: to say the, the, the end of uh, William's story for when we get to the end of the, uh, one of the other stories, uh, which is that um, Stubbs mm-hmm. and Grace from Rajworld have been taken prisoner by Ghost
0: Nation. Right, I don't even know how they got taken prisoner because I knew I knew she did, but uh-huh. I don't remember Stubbs getting taken.
2: Oh, he sure did. I can't remember. And last season, did? yeah, in the season one, he got attacked by Ghost Nation.
0: Oh, you're right because I keep on forgetting the flashbacks because we're going back and forth in time in episode one, right? Because he was free,
3: mm-hmm. and
0: then he's not. Wasn't, wasn't he free for a little bit, or was he always since the beginning of well, season in, two? In, has Stubbs in future been,
2: time, when all this is over that we're watching in this episode, he yeah. is you know, r- rallying the forces to try and clean up the mess in Westworld.
0: Right, okay, yeah. See, that's why I was confused. Gotcha. Yeah,
2: okay. but, uh, so, so that's how we know he survived that attack. Um, yeah. but, yeah, he got attacked by Ghost Nation in Season 1.
0: Gotcha. So, that stated, um, yeah, so they're in Ghost Nation, and Ghost Nation, um, it's
2: taking them to their leader.
0: Yeah, for what reasons? I, don't know.
2: I I didn't quite understand the reasoning, but uh, we found out along the way that Grace knows the language they speak in Ghost Nation, uh, and Stubbs seems suitably uh, both disgusted and impressed that she spent enough time in the park that she knows their language.
0: Yeah, uh, w- when we learned that, I immediately knew that she was someone more important than just some Right. Survivor from, from Raj world.
2: Mm. And, um, Stubbs keeps on telling her, look, just chill out. They're not killing humans. They're only killing hosts. There's a protocol in place. Somebody, they're going to come and rescue us. And she's like, you know what, buddy, you, you stay here and be rescued. I, I'm I'm not sticking around to find out. So they eventually get taken to the ghost nation leader And he says something, I forget the line he delivers, he delivers some line, and Grace freaks out uh, and uh, struggles with her guard and gets away. And then the Ghost Nation leader comes over to Stubbs and says something something along the lines of, you're only alive as long as the last person that remembers you.
0: Yeah, that was interesting.
2: That was, it was kind of an interesting line, and then Stubbs turns around, and they're all gone. They just disappeared into the night. It was pretty cool. It was. Um, so there's that. Anybody else got anything on the whole Ghost Nation storyline? It was kind of thin.
0: It was. Yeah, 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 yeah. they didn't really spend much time on it. It was only like, maybe seven minutes of the entire episode.
2: Well, And really, they just needed to get us to the ending.
0: Exactly. That's what my... What are are you going to say, Mike?
1: Yeah, I think it's just tantalizing us. uh, So they say the the head of the Ghost Nation they refer to as the first of us. Right. Um, And I don't know who it is, and part of the problem is all the Ghost Nation people are in heavy makeup.
2: Uh, I see, Mike. Mike just thinks all Native people look the same.
1: Well, when they're all... Well, (laughs) I'm sorry. Those little racist (laughs) fucks are all running around in white face. Which I think is terribly insensitive to those of us of white culture. Yeah, um, they're,
2: they're appropriating our culture.
1: But right, but so they're all in like the right. The heavy, I can't. You know, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell who that actor yes. is who's playing the first of the Ghost Nation.
0: Well, that, and that's a problem too. Is, is like I wonder if what what ethnicity the people are playing those characters because technically. Hey. A hear, lot of them
1: are Native American. I can tell really, that.
0: Okay, okay, so they really are. Okay, gotcha.
1: Oh my god, there would be holy hell if they had that's, people playing non Native Americans. Uh, non Native Americans play I mean, this isn't the, the old Lone Ranger TV series anymore, where they, you know, had a bunch of Italians playing Native Americans.
3: Right. That,
0: um, that's what I was worried about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they they are Native American, but they don't emphasize. They're they're sort of skirting the whole cowboy and Indian thing by not emphasizing their ethnicity with the makeup. I think that's a that's a part of it.
0: I, I so, would I would agree with that statement.
1: Yeah. Uh it seems like they're they well, at least for last season they were deliberately sort of dehumanizing them so that way it's a safer <laughs> safer thing for those people who want to play Cowboys and Indians.
2: Right. So at the at the very end of this episode we get uh Man in Black and Lawrence leave their town and take a few guys with them on their quest to go wherever they're going and they're riding off into the sunset. And then out of the sunset, uh, comes grace on her horse and rides up to the man in black and says, hi, daddy. (laughs) Right. And that's the end of the episode.
0: Now, uh, what did you guys think of all that? I I was like, I
2: didn't really had heard much. rumors and yeah. was not surprised. I, I'm, yeah. I, I'll I i be interested to see where they take it. Uh, because yeah. according to the man in black, uh, he made a comment earlier in the episode about uh, she might be just fine watching him get uh, killed in front of her. Uh, there's some bitterness there. She blames him for the mother's suicide. Uh, and she's clearly got a mission in this park as well. Uh, we have yet to be revealed what it is, so it'll all be quite interesting.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, I wonder what this this means to us. I mean, I remember, Eric, you mentioned you said you saw her listed the actress that plays this character at least in two to four episodes Mm -hmm. only, so does that mean that she gets killed off in one of the next couple of episodes and changes the dynamic of our uh, man in black or, or what? So uh, I'll be curious to see where they go at that because I, it's curious that they would re- they would introduce this character this late into the, well, not really this late, this the beginning of the season, but this late into the series, I, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, Mike, what's your opinion? You got any, any thoughts on this?
1: I think it's important. I think, uh, Probably that the man in black at this point, he's been running around alone more or less since the start of season one, and it'd be nice to see him interact <clears throat> with real human beings, and that because he doesn't have to be himself around Lawrence. You know these are all props to him. so I, it, it, I think there's there will be some dramatic purpose to it to teach us something about who the man in black is. Uh, I don't know, there's six episodes, right? She's appeared in, uh, remaining, she's already appeared in two, so she's only got another episode or two to go. Who knows if she dies, if she leaves him, you know, you know if that storyline gets put aside for a couple of episodes. So, uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sure, I don't know where they're going to go with this. I think this is a way of uh, just telling us more about who the man in black actually is. What is he like outside the park? And this will allow us to explore that as we'll get into some issues between... Uh, what's her name again?
2: Uh, well, she's going by Grace. I don't think that's her... I don't think... Her.
1: All right, well, between Grace and Daddy, right? We'll see what happens there. I, I, as far as what her pick, her role is in the whole Grant scheme of things, I don't know. And But I was thinking, now, is this... Is this being done deliberately? Like people would question well, was the uh, uh, what was going on over in Indian World? And I'm wondering how much, you know, was this something where she was being corralled into West World? Was she being forced in that direction to get her by by Ford's games so that she would end up meeting up with her father?
2: Hmm. Oh, that no, oh, I hmm. I'm not going to discount it entirely, but that puts Ford's genius on a level I'd never even considered before.
1: Right, I'm hoping... I, I, I mean, it'd be very contrived, though, too, right? Right, but there is question why to why is this all happening over in in, in uh, Raj world at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we only really saw it with these two characters. Now, was Ford enough of a dick to kill people off just to move her into Westworld? Probably not, so I doubt that that's the case. Hmm. But on the other hand, he didn't seem to mind Dolores killing a shitload of people. Right.
0: That's true. That's true.
2: But I don't even know if we're going to get a resolution next week because it seems that uh, we're going to be spending a lot of time in Shogun World
0: next week. Right, because now they're switching back to Tandy Newton's character. Maeve, yep. Um, and who knows if they're going to skip a whole, um, I guess, episode of of these characters like they've they've been doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, we may not even see it for another three episodes because they they could have next week Maeve and the week after Dolores and then they could come back. You know, yeah. or they could even have a flashback episode you know, again too, too. You know, interestingly it's
2: enough. I'm finding Dolores's storyline the least interesting this season.
0: I would agree. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. She well, was course, awesome last season, but this year, yeah, going like.
1: well. Last year, they they faked us out. It was Dolores is the hero, right? That's what they were yeah. doing. This yeah. is going to be the story of uh, of how uh, you know the 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 traditional damsel in distress overcomes her gender role restrictions. To turn yeah, into the exactly. true hero of Westworld. And no, she overcame those restrictions to become the villain of Westworld. Right. And so really now it's even more Teddy's story, but his story's progressing kind of slowly.
2: Teddy's
0: fucking boring.
2: I wish and he'd te- die and, already. And
1: Teddy, look, and that's... I've, well, they I've don't, always, yeah, they're
0: not using him well enough. Yeah.
1: Well, I've always had an issue with that actor, that I've always found him boring.
3: Okay. Uh,
1: uh, I can't think of a lot of things that he's been in that I found him an exciting character, which made, I thought was perfect for the role of Teddy.
0: Well, uh, on a, that's a fair point, right? Because he was one of those young actors that was supposed to be the next big thing, and it, and it didn't happen. And um, this hair role here, now twenty years later, um, is perfect for him. You're absolutely right because of how he looks. Never mind how he's acting and whatnot. But the problem is, is that it's like. You guys are saying which is is it's not progressing enough and they keep even though now it's his story they're still focusing too much on on dolores instead of him i feel right because you know the last episode where we saw him and you know he's awakening and he lets these these uh captain kravitz go and all this other stuff and he's making his own decisions that happened at the tail end of that entire um section yeah, the rest of the ninety percent of that section of last episode, they focused on Dolores and her dad, and Bernard, and and so you're right. I mean, it's it's almost like a throwaway s- story that they're now slowly switching to, but not quick enough. Well, you were right. you were going to say some more stuff, Mike. I'm sorry to. Yeah, no, that's all right. Was, it's
1: yeah. So I'm hoping you know, for the sake of the show, the story that this actor has depths that I've never seen tapped. Uh. And, and that we will see that if, this, if and when this character wakes later in the season. Uh, I'm hoping there, that the Dolores story goes someplace. Next week looks like it's going to be, I think it's titled Shogun World, so I'm imagining we're spending a lot of time in Shogun World. And the episode
2: be, is called uh, Akan no Mai, or Akane no Mai, I don't know oh, okay. how that's pronounced.
0: It's, I don't even know what that means. And what I, language did, I
2: don't even
1: know how it's spelled. A K A N
2: E. No.
1: A K A N E. Mm. my. okay yeah. A-K-A-N-E. Oh, so
0: it is Japanese.
1: Okay. Uh okay. What is Akana in English? Uh let's see. Oh, that's the West Westworld Reddit. It's <laughs> Akana is a female given name. Noah's possessive article. I don't, it doesn't say what "my" means. Oh uh, so. yeah,
0: I, yeah, you're right. Akane is is a female name. Yeah, that's, that's true. I've seen that name when I look at it now, um, in a lot of uh, Japanese horror f- films credits. Um, but yeah, no, my, I have no idea what those two words mean. in Japanese. Well, it's the, if it's a
1: possessive, <laughs> I imagine something of or something of Akane or belonging to Akane. I don't know what it means.
0: Oh uh, right. I mean, yeah,
1: right. Meaning
3: she's welcome.
2: in charge in Shogun world, like Dolores uh, is in Westworld.
3: Maybe. Oh, then maybe,
0: then yeah. maybe we'll find
1: out why this is going on. Another.
0: And and to be honest, they focused a lot of the episode previews on a Geisha type woman,
3: mm-hmm.
0: and and that may be a con.
3: We'll they
0: kept, yeah, they kept on going back to her in the, in that you know three minute preview. Yep. Mm. All right. That's interesting.
2: So I'm excited to see Shogun World next week.
0: Yeah, yeah, it'll definitely be a different feel from the rest of the entire show that we've seen. That's for sure. Um, I'm not sure how much different because again, we, we are going to know that it is a "quote unquote" robot world. But uh, I wonder if
2: we're going to get to see anybody commit harikari. That would be awesome.
0: Yeah. Oh, that would be kind of cool. And we're going to see a lot of snow, I think, too. A lot of
2: snow. Yeah. I, the last shot we saw of Mave reminded me a lot of the climactic fight. Yes, the climactic fight scene in Kill Bill.
0: That's right. Yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of people, because of Vietnam and all the Vietnam movies, a lot of people just think all of Asia is like Vietnam, but it's not true at all. I mean,
2: Asia's a big place.
0: Yeah, Japan is. <laughs> Japan weather <laughs> is identical to New England or Michigan or New York, so and people forget that. Mm-hmm. So, um,
1: but they all eat cats, right? That's no, cat.
0: that that's that's Korea, I believe, and China. <laughs> yeah, I
1: know.
0: Um, yeah. So, um, Japan they eat uh, Kobe steak and sushi and teriyaki. They eat they
2: a lot, eat. lot of seafood in Japan. A Lot of seafood. It's an island. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's right. Yeah, just like the Norwegians, even though that's not an island, it's the coast. there's so much coast. Portugal's another one. That's a big, big. Uh, um, oh, Iceland. What the big, hell are we talking about anymore? I don't. Know, we're just talking about <laughs> diets <laughs> of, of. We, we, we have wandered into
1: Phil's other fascination, which is ethnic groups
0: in, in their in their cultures. And West their cultures. World.
1: And, and, and
0: I, I don't know why we keep on calling this 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 new world going to be filled with Japanese because aren't they all Swedes? <laughs> yes. Yes. Everybody. So,
2: we have anything else to say about the riddle of the Sphinx, which I still oh, don't understand the title. Yeah, that's what I was just going to
0: ask you. What, what the hell does the title mean?
2: I have no idea. Sorry, can't help you there. Well,
1: the riddle of the Sphinx, if I remember correctly, is the riddle of uh, four what, legs in the morning. Thing. Yeah. Two right. legs
2: in the afternoon, three legs at night—some shit like that.
1: Right. So you're you're dealing with someone growing up and growing older, and that's I guess you can look at. A, Look at that with uh, the whole story with uh, the man in black and William as we see him kind of age and change his perspective. But that seems a very relatively small part of, of the story because, I mean, you have a lot of big stuff revealed in this story. That's a big part of it. But he doesn't feel like the focus to me. So I'm not sure why it has that title personally. Yeah, me neither. Right. Or or it could just be referring to the to a puzzle, right? That this uh-huh. is.
0: So who did you think it it was referring to, Mike? Even though it didn't focus on.
1: Well, say so it could, might have been referring to because cause the riddle, the answer to the riddle is a man aging.
0: Right, but who the And individual. so the
1: only one we see aging in this story William. is is William. Yeah, but yeah. he's not. The focus. You know, he's is an important part of it, and his yeah. his revelation kind of or, or at the end yeah. makes some sense. Yeah. But. Yeah, it's just not... It, it, just doesn't, it just doesn't seem to work for the whole thing, but there is a whole puzzle here, right? There is a riddle going on, yeah. and uh, Bernard is at the center of it, and so maybe it's just referring to the fact that there's a riddle. Right.
0: Yeah, that's going to be true, too. Yeah. If anybody wants to email dark Discussions at AOL.com and give their opinions of what... or I should say how the title reflects with uh, the episode... We're willing to uh, hear your opinions and read it on the air. Um, Alright, so uh, anything else anybody wanted to add?
2: No, I'm all set for this week. I'm just really happy about Elsie being back. Yeah, yeah,
0: She was looking good. Looking good.
2: Well. Sure. And that's all that matters, according to Phil. No. A woman's worth nothing but her looks. Who says this? You. I never said that. What are you talking about? Not verbatim, no. You imply it.
0: I imply it. That's you were
2: not on board with Elsie until all of a sudden you thought she was hot.
0: (laughs) I see how you could think that, but that's not.
2: (laughs) I (laughs) see how you could
0: interpret that. We will from my direct
2: actions and
1: words that say that. (laughs) (laughs) We we will leave it in the uh, in the in the hands of the viewers to to render judgment. (laughs)
0: Uh, anyway, alright So, uh, we'll be back Next week to talk about this uh can no no Hey, right. good timing That's right, good timing So, um, alright, uh, if there's nothing else I guess we can uh, wrap it up So, uh, Eric, why don't you Lead us out?
2: Alright, thanks for tuning in and listening to us talk about episode 4 Come back next week, we'll do episode 5